Hey, welcome to the Upland Nation podcast. Scott Linden here, your host. If I sound a little different, it's because I got 20 pounds of gear on me. Yeah, that's what it weighs these days. I've got my bird vest on, brand new from Hunt Ready. We'll be talking more about the vest itself, but mainly what's in it and why I bring it. It's been one of the most popular topics on my YouTube channel, so I thought I'd share it all with you on the podcast as well. Maybe it'll be an annual tradition in the making. We'll cover the vest itself, why I like it, why it works for me, and why some type of strap vest might work for you. We'll also talk about all the things that I carry along, including the two most important, a dog emergency kit, and my own 10 essentials, or some people call it the survival kit. It's all this week on the Upland Nation podcast. In addition, your two cents worth on what your dog's best part of the hunting day is. Yeah, asked you on social media and you shared, hopefully by counseling with your dogs on that. And then we'll take a look at rough grouse in seven different states on our road trip segment so stick around for that in the meanwhile how's your um well for most of us preparation for opening weekend going over here been experimenting a little bit with valley quail yeah you have probably listened to all the questions i've had for experts on that whole subject but our own valley quail hatch is incredible saw some other very young chicks this morning that might be a third hatch this summer so pretty bullish on that and i'm glad i'm making a study of it this season looking forward to it flick first thing this morning on our run slammed a point and guess what i pushed 50 or more birds into the air that in itself is bullish i am so excited about the season and so are you So we'll talk about your opening day resolution. Yeah, I asked on Facebook, forget about New Year's. What about your opening day resolution? Got some great answers, and thank you all. Jasper Brand said to go where no person has gone before. Hey, I'll see you there, or hopefully not, Jasper. Mike LaRoe says, no more weekend hunting now that I'm retired. Good on you, Mike. And Steve Selvig says, I'm going to hunt more ranches and intentionally shoot fewer prairie grouse, no more than one from each covey. Little bit um, worried about the populations in Nebraska, he says. Well, maybe that's why I'm not going. I didn't think about that, but I was hoping to touch Nebraska on the way back from that Fur Feathers Friends trip, and I guess I'll leave it go for now. But anyway, uh, good luck to you as well, Steve, and everybody else out there. We're still taking answers for that. I'll be sharing more on Facebook. What is the best part of your dog's hunting day is coming up later today from Facebook as well. The Upland Nation podcast is made possible by Sage and Breaker Gun Care Products, Pointer Shotguns, Mid-Valley Clays and Shooting School, Ringneck Nation of Huron, South Dakota, and True Lock Choke Tubes. Well, if you're a grouse hunter, you probably got a lot of great spots, but if you're looking for another one, I might be able to help, in fact, in seven different states. Learn the ropes by trying some of these spots and then start your own voyage of discovery heading for young managed forests 
wherever you are. In New York, one of the spots that I like is the Rattlesnake Hill Wildlife Management Area or the Irwin Wildlife Management Area. In Maine, the Golden Road is your ticket to ride. Just drive up and down that and look for those uh, former clear cuts. In New Hampshire, the White Mountains are always a good bet. In Vermont, the West Mountain Wildlife Management Area. Pennsylvania has great grouse populations most years on the unit number 104 of the state game lands and the Raystown Lake Area. In Connecticut, it's Kolar Wildlife Management Area. In West Virginia, some of those rehabbed coal fields in Mingo and Pocahontas counties. In Virginia, Little North Mountain Wildlife Management Area. Hey, good luck if, if you are a rough grouse hunter in the, uh, well, I'll just call it the east, to the upper northeast, all that country. Love it up there. Can't wait to get back. My next stop in that country is Pittsburgh, New Hampshire. Maybe I'll see you there. Be safe. Enjoy it. Have a great grouse season. If you have uh, still got a hankering for a new shotgun, well, and, and you can't find it anywhere, might I suggest you give a call to Dave Fiedler at Mid Valley Clays and Shooting School. Yeah, midvalleyclays.com. Take a look at their inventory right there. But the most important part about this is if you just cannot find the shotgun of your dreams, Dave has a relationship with all of the major manufacturers and can oftentimes find those hard-to-find guns that nobody else says they have. If it's not in stock, let him search for you. Get all the details at midvalleyclays.com. And speaking of road trips, if you haven't planned yours, why don't you make room for Huron, South Dakota? They call themselves a ringneck nation. More birds than people. 124,000 acres of public access. They got a ringneck festival and bird dog challenge in November. Always giving away a free information packet. Go to hunthuronsd.com. Request the free information packet. It's full of maps, discount coupons, information of all sorts. Uh, I'll be there in late October. Hope you will join me for the Fur Feathers Friends event. If not, come on down later in the season or earlier in the season. HuntHuronSD.com. Well, I told you. I got my new vest from Hunt Ready. You can learn more about all of their products at huntredi.com, huntready.com. There are partners in the Fur Feathers Friends event. Of course, you want to learn more about that, go to furfeathersfriends.com. I'm giving away a lot of Hunt Ready vests between now and the end of the season to anybody who signs up and then takes somebody else hunting. No brainer. Sign up, get a new Hunt Ready vest. But enough about the promotion. I'm here to talk about the vest, why I like these kinds of vests, what's in my vest. We'll cover it all this week on the Upland Nation podcast. I'm Scott Linda, the host, and I've been doing this a while, and I've seen them all. 
They come and go. I've consulted professionally on about six different vest models from about four different manufacturers. There are some good things and some bad things about every single vest. Let me talk about the things I like. Luckily, they're all in this hunt ready vest. First off, if you're going to carry a lot of water, you want that water's weight on your waist, not on your shoulders. Back in the day when Kelty invented the hip belt for backpacks, I was still a Boy Scout. Boy, was I jealous of all those rich kids. But beyond that, I did learn something about how valuable it is to put most of the weight on your hips instead of your shoulders. Now, in particular with a shooting vest, that is important because... When you shoulder your gun, if you have restrictions on whether you can turn to catch those jinking birds, just mounting your gun or pulling you backwards and throwing off your uh, sight picture for that matter, all those things are affected when you have too much weight on your shoulder straps. Put it on your hips, your waist, instead with a good vest that has a good hip belt. This hunt ready vest has one that is padded and in the right place and you can cinch it up good and tight and that is the key. It won't slide down and start putting that pressure on your shoulders. One of the things I love about a strap vest, you can carry a lot of water. I'm looking at mine now. I've got two 32 ounce water bottles, one on each hip in their own containers, if you will, in their own pockets and those pockets have their own bungee straps so when I'm rolling underneath one of those barbed wire fences they're not going to fall out. Another nice thing is there's plenty of room in the back adjacent to inside the game pocket if you will for more water. I carry a big platypus bladder of 64 more ounces on a chucker hunt and it can hug the back of uh, uh, my back and I can mount it so that it is up between my shoulder blades that's where you want to put all the heavy stuff whether it's a backpack or a hunting vest up as high and as close to your back as you can get it hunt ready has a capability and it's very flexible there's lots of attachment points whether they're d-rings the molly compatible slots that they call first spear modular platform technology all of it works with all the stuff you might have already or you can order as an accessory to your hunt ready vest now this is a deviate model hunt ready there are several others and you can customize them all thanks to that flexibility of uh, that first spear technology all right so we talked about water i got that out i'm just going to go pocket by pocket through my gear all right in my left front zippered pocket on the hip belt and that's important because you want all that weight on the hip belt not on your shoulder straps i've got some dog care and management products products yeah sound like a guy on the podcast don't i all right it could be worse i could sound like a tv guy oh i am um i've got a what they call a traffic lead you know a short leash uh, just in case there will come a time when you need to leash up your dog and so i keep it handy it's right there along with same pocket i got a cell phone and i've got my 
Leatherman multi-tool. It's handy because there are so many times when I'm going to need it over the course of the day or the course of a hunting trip that I like to keep right in front and almost center. All right, in the other pocket, it's a flap-covered, um, cinched-down, buckled, closed ammo repository. I carry most of my ammo in that right-hand pocket, easy loading, especially with a break-open gun. That's plenty of ammo in there. That would probably hold a box and a half, two boxes if I really needed it. I never get that many good shots, so don't worry. All right, going around to the back. Starting on my left side, past the water bottle, I have got another pocket. Yeah, it's an option from Hunt Ready. It's mounted on the outside of the game bag via that first spear technology. And in it is the handheld control for my GPS collar. It's close enough. I can grab it if I need it. If I don't need it, it's out of the way. It's not going to inhibit my gun mount. It's not in the way when I'm just walking around. That's a nice, handy, but out-of-the-way place for it. On the right side, I don't need anything else over there. But I'm going to go into the game bag, if you will, and I'm going to pull out, yep, first things first, another hydration bladder mounted on the back up between my shoulder blades. And then I've got my dog emergency gear. Not a lot, just enough. I've got two things that I've not covered before, so I'm glad I'm going over this again after a few years away from this topic. First is a cable cutter. Yeah, most of us might carry, a, for fear of a snare trap that our dog might get caught in, we carry uh, side cutters or uh, whatever you want to call them, um, wire cutters. <clears throat> I've been told, and knock wood, I've never had to use them, the right thing to use is one of these cable cutters. And this one is made in Switzerland. It cost me a few bucks, but it does the job. A real aircraft cable cutter weighs about... 10 ounces, I bet. But it's right there handy. I can grab it and go to work if I need to. The other thing I'm carrying now, and I just love this idea, and it's so simple to operate. Everybody ought to take a look at it. The biggest scare we have out west is with what they call conibear traps or body grip traps. And a dog getting, basically getting their throat caught, basically getting strangled. I've got a, um, a body grip dog release safety setter it's called you want to learn more about it go to trapper ron's setter dog release it's two pieces it's the simplest way to release your dog from one of those connie bear body grip traps i'm not going to explain how it works but suffice it to say it is so simple even i can figure it out you might want to invest the 25 bucks or so it's going to cost you if ron is still selling those body grip release safety setters. All right, go all the way to the back, and I've got two more pockets, and I can reach them all. And this is the joy of this thing. I love my Hunt Ready vest because I can reach everything without having to take the dang vest off. First off, you don't have to be double-jointed to put a bird in your bird bag. You're wearing it up high enough, and it is designed ergonomically so that you can just drop that bird in there. You don't need the help of your hunting buddy. You don't need to take it off. It all just drops right in there. Once you're in there, what you'll find in mine, in the back pocket, first things first, all my dog emergency gear. It's all in one place right here. 
It's everything from first aid to maintenance of the dog. And I'll go into that after the break. So we'll dig deeper into that as we get along. The other thing that's in that pocket is my 10 essentials. If you're a former Boy Scout search and rescue person, you know all about the 10 essentials. Some people call it a survival kit. It's right there as well. I'll touch on everything in my 10 essentials after the break as well. All right, there's another, yeah, there's another pocket inside the pocket. And in there are a few other things that literally I would not leave home without. First on the list, I have a spot locator beacon. Yeah, there are a few other versions of this out there now. Garmin selling the uh, inReach. There are, of course, other varieties of that, but whatever it is, you hunt far enough and long enough and uh, alone enough, something like that will get the helicopter there if you really need it. It's the only reason my wife lets me hunt so far away for so long. And it works. You can test it. There are various ways to test it. You can have a little fun with it. You can put some people on your email mailing list and you can send a message every 10 or 15 minutes, I think, that says, hey, look where I am. All those things, 99 bucks a year for subscription, a little bit more to buy the unit, well worth it. The cheapest insurance policy you're ever going to get. So bring along something like that. Did I mention my cell phone? Yes, I did. But I did not mention that something I hope you know. It's not going to work everywhere you go. That's why I have a spot locator beacon. In the same pocket, extra batteries for everything that I use that has batteries in it. And finally, my good luck charm, collar tags from every dog I've owned on a little carabiner. They bring me luck. Maybe you've got a ritual or a token as well. If you do, remember all your dogs. All right. That should probably cover that for just a little bit. I will get deeper into all of that as we go. What's in my vest? We're just getting warmed up around here at the Upland Nation podcast. I'm Scott Linden. We've covered just about everything that I carry with me, uh, except birds. But you know why I don't carry a lot of birds in there. I can't hit them most of the time. If you're lucky enough to hit more birds than me, there's plenty of room in this hunt-ready vest for a full limit of virtually anything. I'll let you know if it ever happens around here. <laughs> yeah, we've got way more. We're going to talk about the 10 essentials. We're going to talk about um, the dog emergency kit and what's in mine. And uh, would love to hear your thoughts on that. And we'll also talk about what your dog thinks is the best part of his or her hunting day. It's all coming up on the Upland Nation podcast, so stick around. This part of the podcast is brought to you by sageandbreaker.com, just like that. They have videos. In fact, I was working on a couple videos, uh, not videos, I was working on a magazine story. So I went back and watched some of the Sage and Breaker videos on shotgun cleaning. And they've got three or four, whether it's a break open gun or a semi-automatic. They've got some great step-by-step advice for you. Very clear. Even I could follow it, and I'm a music major. Check all the videos at sageandbreaker.com. If you've been wondering how to clean your Glock, they got a video on that as well. 
Always free shipping. Sign up for the mailing list and you won't miss any of the sales. You'll also get word on all the new products as they come down the road. Sageandbreaker.com Well, I promised you um, a look into the innards of my 10 essentials and my uh, dog emergency kit. So let's get on to that stuff. I've got the table here. I've got the gear out of my vest. And I'll just start and I'll go through these in no particular order. I have, uh, I hope they still make it. Gerber made it, but there's a whole bunch of them. It's a, you know, a high-tech version of a flint and steel. You should always carry two ways to light a fire. Well, yeah, just think about it. You've been in that situation. I don't care if it's rain, snow, wind, or you drop one in the creek. Uh, I have two versions. This one is really cool. It's a, you know, fancy. It's flint and steel, and it comes with its own tinder. This, it's that white block that will once it's lit it will burn underwater i think it has magnesium in it whatever it is it's pretty cool and it's always a fun to fun to show off with that thing and then yeah there you hear it now those that's my little waterproof match case i think that one came from boy scouts so it's it's a collectible if not an antique um we talk in our 10 essentials about uh, um uh shelter and I'm not suggesting you bring a tent. And I'm certainly not suggesting that you uh, uh, bring a whole bunch of other stuff. Some some folks, and for Boy Scouts in particular, we used to say, just bring a really good heavy-duty garbage bag. You can you can wrap yourself in that, especially if you're you're just a tenderfoot or maybe a weepalos or something like that. But I've got a space blanket, and the space blanket is it's the sleeping bag style. So it's like a bag, but it's made out of that mylar reflective material. Got some advice for you on that, though. If you haven't done it already, check yours before the season starts. Sometimes you can open that thing you'll never fold it back up into the original size and shape believe me but open it up and make sure that every fold every crease hasn't become a tear don't ask how i know that okay water and the ability to bring more i always have an extra little water carrier in my 10 essentials and either a water filter one of those uh, safety straws, and also I bring some of those old school water purifying tablets. The water doesn't taste that great. It's not going to be Evian or Poland Spring, but it's going to keep you alive. Way to carry water, a way to purify water. Yep, um, a map of the area and a compass, which are both virtually worthless unless you've practiced and acquired the skills to use them. Now, you don't need to have, you know, the skills of a Olympic-level orienteering champion, but you ought to know how to find a catch line, and you ought to know how to take bearing, and you ought to know where you are. All of those things ought to be mastered on the old-school tools because someday your phone, your GPS, or both aren't going to function. And then you're SOL. 
And we don't want that because I want you to come back and share some of your hunting stories with me. So learn how to read a map, how to use a compass, just for some basic stuff. And here's a tip for you. I know, I know, I'm looking at I have a box full. I mean, a box full of those big Forest Service and BLM maps. They're gigantic. So I take the area I'm going to, I make a photocopy or, you know, several pages of photocopies, and I bring that along. Folds up, fits right into my 10 Essentials bag. It's handy, and it is just as accurate as the original. <laughs> uh, speaking of handy, here's my rule of thumb with 10 Essentials. If your survival kit gets so big and heavy, you don't want to carry it, then you won't. And what good does it do you if it's sitting in the back of your truck? So keep it compact, keep it light, but bring the things along that are going to save your life if you need saving. Continuing on there, <clears throat> it has a light side and a dark side. I always bring duct tape. You know as well as I, you can do all sorts of things with it. You can't save the world, but you might save your life or repair that tent pole or help bandage your dog's foot, make a little booty out of it, whatever. Aluminum foil, classic Boy Scout essential. You can cook in it. You can reflect, make a signal reflector out of it. You can carry water in it. You name it. Aluminum foil is the... Um, the original duct tape now that I think about it I know you probably have a uh, you know a um, a whistle if you have a dog but I carry another whistle just in case in my 10 essentials I have spare batteries for everything including cameras including my spot locator beacon and I have some parachute cord. Again, you will be amazed at the number of things you will use it for over the course of a uh, season. Parachute cord. And I bring a hefty amount. I've got 25, 30 feet there. 10 feet is not going to help you in many cases, especially if you're trying to repair something or lash something, for example. And finally, and I've, I'm reminded of this all the time, I used to think, well, of course you're going to... No, everybody reminds me. No, you got to tell them. Job's not over till the paperwork's done. Bring some toilet paper in a Ziploc bag. Yeah. And then know how to use it. Uh, not that part of it. What you do with it when you're done. And that'll depend. Depends on a lot of things. I'm not going to lecture you on that. But bring some along right there. And you'll be in really good shape. All right, this is the Upland Nation podcast. I'm Scott Linden. I'm pulling stuff out of my vest, and I'm uh, sharing it with you here. And I hope it's of use to you. I'll do my best to put all of this stuff at findbirdhuntingspots.com. Go there, look under the hunting tab, and there will be articles or lists of all of this. Oh, and by the way, also my hunting checklist. So everything except the semi-truck you need to carry your gear in. It's all on the checklist and it's all free at findbirdhuntingspots.com. All right, that was my human 10 essentials. And of course, many of those things could be used to solve problems your dog might encounter in the field as well. But here is my dog-specific emergency kit. Again, in no particular order. <clears throat> Snake bite, 
bee sting, some sort of an antihistamine. I like Benadryl because I can crush it up and put it under their tongue. If you got the little, uh, what do they call capsules, you can take them apart and put that powder under their tongue. Yeah, there's um, varying debates on how effective it is, but if anything will help my dog by reducing the swelling in his windpipe, I'm going to use it. And that is the number one way. Yeah, I had somebody tell me a while back, and this is interesting because I would, you know, jump all over the idea of liquid Benadryl, for example, you know, the, the kitty stuff. The problem is it goes bad. And you know as well as I, you may not, you hope you may not use it at all for a season or two or ten. And when you whip it out, if it's gone bad or it's got something funny in it, like, a, for example, a real grape flavoring, uh, more uh, trouble than help. All right, enough said about antihistamine. Bring some along just in case. Right there on the outside of this bag are the things that are really important to me. I've got uh, versions of uh, the gauze that, uh, that they invented back in Vietnam era that will help stop bleeding. It's got some clotting agent in it, and I'm not going to go into the chemistry because I'm the last guy to do that. But I got four or five gauze pads with that stuff in them. So the first thing I can do if my dog is bleeding hard is pull those out and slap them on. It's the first step in a long process, but at least we've got that step going. All right, now there's some debate, speaking of that, uh, on how to, um, you know, wash stuff out of a dog's eyes or, or a wound for that matter. And that's the first thing you got to do is you got to get all the crud out before you start treating it. Some people would say saline solution, but um, at least for eyes, believe it or not, uh, the veterinary ophthalmologist that I trust says distilled water. So I've got a squirt bottle of distilled water handy and ready to go. It's, re, it's, you know, it's recharged every time I go on a hunt, so it's always clean, it's always fresh. And um, if your dog has not <laughs> had his eyes washed out with water before, you might want to practice that at home before you get out into the field where he's a little more squirmy and nervous. Okay. Some of the other stuff that I carry for various emergencies of uh, all descriptions and degrees. I have a couple rolls of uh, vet wrap. Goes by various brand names, but I bring that along for all sorts of uh, wrapping slash bandaging needs. I've got a pair of uh, hemostats. Uh, if I can't get porcupine quills out with my Leatherman tools pliers. I will use the hemostat. Uh, I don't know that I would feel qualified to try and uh, tie off a, a, a you know an artery, but I would sure as heck try, and that would be the right way to do it. You could lock that down and hopefully save a life there. I've got some uh, cotton swabs. It's another way to get crud out of your dog's eyes or a wound for that matter. Um, I carry a couple things that you might ask your veterinarian about. The first one, and these are just kind of leftovers, uh, but I like the idea of um, uh, prednisone, 
just in case it's a yes it is it it's one of those things that should reduce some swelling and maybe some other good stuff and then i have what's called gabapentin i think that's how you pronounce it it is basically a light sedative so if your dog is just freaked out over something that happened to him you might want to get one of those down his belly uh some more duct tape just in case i got it in at least two places maybe more now that i think about it and also going into the more medical oriented stuff besides those pharmaceuticals uh i seldom use this on my own dog but i'm going through the i got the third tube here of emt gel yeah it's another way to not only uh slow the bleeding on an open wound but also to in in enhance its healing capabilities it uh, it's a magical uh, um, ointment I'll call it a, a solution kind of like the consistency of honey on a cold day uh, and it creates a, a a web if you will of um, um, I think of collagen that that helps wounds heal faster yeah go ahead uh, talk to your veterinarian first but uh, you know if you ever need it on yourself it's handy as well I've got some uh, triple antibiotic ointment. Be careful about where you use that. And just uh, FYI, if your dog has an eye problem of one sort or another, um, don't put anything in the way of ointment in there until your veterinarian does a dye test. If you put something like an ophthalmologic antibiotic in your dog's eye and he has a scratched cornea you're going to do more harm than good so play it safe wash it out with that distilled water and do what you can to keep him from scratching at it Uh, maybe that's where you use that vet wrap and a little bit of gauze bandage and just cover his eye with that I uh, I do carry it I don't know of any time when I would have used it but I do have a little bit of medical super glue yeah Uh, we could have a long debate about why not to close up a wound for the obvious reasons Uh, you might be closing up a whole bunch of bad stuff in there but just in case for some reason I've got some medical super glue bandages of all types uh, uh, from uh, small gauze squares to giant rolls of gauze that can be made into bandages that's the first step uh, on your uh, first aid treatment for open wounds of various sorts all those things together should get your dog back to the truck in as close to one piece as possible so that you can then either put him up for the day for the trip the season or drive to town in the veterinarian like you stole the truck there's the things that i carry if you've got some suggestions i would love to hear them you know it all adds up like i said it's 20 pounds including all the water and ammo but it's 20 pounds it'll get me there and back and keep my dog safe and possibly save somebody's life whoo you're listening to the upland nation podcast I'm Scott Linden. We've still got a little bit more to go here. Your dog's best part of the hunting day is coming up. Yeah, <clears throat> how many of you really asked your dog, or did you just make it up thinking? Now, anyway, we'll talk about that and a little bit more coming up. 
First, we're brought to you in part by Pointer Shotguns. And let me remind you, they got a new website, PointerShotguns.com. Isn't that a head slapper? They got some new models. They got some videos from me and some articles and some other stuff that you might find useful. Take a look at all the guns, including a new single shot for the beginners in your family or neighborhood. It's all there, including the Cerakoted versions, the high-end target guns, the open, you know, what I'll call the entry-level guns. A lot of them over, over and unders. If you've been shooting a pump or a semi and you want to go to the next level, that's a way to do it. Pointer shotguns, a work of art at a price that's a thing of beauty. And here's your last chance. Camo, canine adoption and mentoring outdoors is putting together their first annual Burt County Bird Bounty. Learn more at K-A-M-O-I-N-C dot org slash bird dash bounty. Just go to camoinc.org and find out about this great full weekend of events. The deadline to sign up is October 1st. The event is November 3rd through 6th. Hunting Uplands, hunting waterfowl, sporting clays, social events, lodging included, and if you're a betting man or woman, a Calcutta too. Learn more at camoinc.org. Camo with a K. So I asked you uh, on Facebook recently, what is the best part of your dog's hunting day? And some great answers. And I bet whether you asked your own dog or not, I bet these are pretty close. Jim Wells says, okay, good to hear from you, Jim, by the way. Uh, when the tailgate drops, it's like Christmas morning to them. And he is so, so do Same for us though, isn't it? Yeah. Bob Jimenez says the best part of his dog's day is going home in one piece. Yeah, we just covered that, Bob. <laughs> no injuries is always the best part. Jay Knotner, I bet is how I say that. The moment he hears the bell as I lift it to put it on. Is your dog attuned to all those subtle sounds that really that really give him... Uh, I, know, I know I can't lift my whistle lan lanyard off the hook on the wall without Flick thinking we're going hunting. He also watches me lace up a pair of boots and thinks he's going hunting. And You know, I used to think, oh, man, but I don't anymore. Now I just think, isn't that cool? Boy, I wish I could get, oh, I do. I do get that excited. <laughs> John Swanson says his dog's best part of the day is the very start. He knows there's plenty to come. Uh, John Zeisler says the pure excitement when he jumps out of the truck. Eric Thompson, birds in her mouth, makes Hex a happy girl. I know Hex is a happy girl anyway, but wouldn't you be more happy with birds in your mouth? John Lavelle, great answer. Sharing in our harvest later. Yeah, in fact, I, I used to do a thing called Field to Feast. And the whole point was, yeah, there are a lot of people who, they, they wonder why the heck we hunt. John, you figured it out. Share with somebody else. Do a good job of cooking. I've got, I've got some uh, game bird curry uh, later this week. I'm pulling together. 
Mike Stone says uh, his dog's uh, favorite part of the day is making it all come together for the humans. And isn't that the truth? Uh, the picture I posted on this is the one that Jack Engel is talking about. I've got a picture of one of my old dogs, uh, Manny, bringing back a, a rooster. And it's a great shot. He's straight coming straight at me. The rooster's in full bloom, if you will, and he's got his tail high. And it, the light in his eyes is, is clearly, clearly showing us how, feels, how he feels about it. Jack Engel says, too bad it's not a video so we could see the, see the vibration on his tail. Well, you can watch some of those at YouTube and other places. In fact, uh, I'll remind you about that later, but we're also on Outdoor America. Go to any smart TV Go to the Samsung uh, part or the Roku part or the um, Vizio part and look for uh, Wing Shooting USA right there. It's on all year. Jake Tekosik says his dog's favorite part is that his human doesn't miss. And then Jack Gable says when he's got a covey locked down at a quarter mile. Or is that my favorite part of the day? Rodney Ott, see you in Huron real soon. After my hunt and back home, truck unloaded, dogs running loose in the backyard that meet me at the back door waiting for me to come out and sit with them. Kind of telling me thanks for taking them hunting. You know that look? I got it last night. Chin on the knee. Boy, it just makes, it just brings a tear to my eye. I, I know the feeling, Rodney. Thanks so much. Thank you all for sharing your stuff with us. Again, this is the Upland Nation podcast. I'm Scott Linden. We're just about done here, and I'll remind you one more time that if you've got suggestions on what else to put in your vest or my vest, just pop us a line uh, anywhere. I, I look at it all. Send me an email. Go to any of the Facebook pages, you name it. We've got it right there. Thank you all for your contributions over the last few weeks in particular. We're brought to you in part by TrueLockChokes.com. These guys, not only do they know choke tubes, they know shooting. They've got resources for you, everything from how to pattern your shotgun to what chokes are best for what kinds of birds and what kind of ammo. They'll show you how to pattern your gun. All those things are critical to you, and truelockchokes.com is your one-stop shop. I've told you before, I'll tell you again. You want to improve your shooting? Unscrew those factory chokes and put in some good TrueLock chokes. You will be amazed at the difference in your pattern. Learn more at truelockchokes.com. And truelock is spelled T-R-U-L-O-C-K. Truelockchokes.com. Well, thanks to everybody who has made comments on any of the questions that I've asked recently on our social platforms. Sure appreciate that. I learned something from everybody, and I hope you learned something from them as well. Those who left ratings and reviews, including Halberg GP... And, of course, we are made possible, so I thank them whenever I can. Our sponsors include Sage and Breaker Gun Care Products, Pointer Shotguns, Mid-Valley Clays and Shooting School, Ringneck Nation of Huron, South Dakota, and True Lock Chokes. 
yeah, now I got to put all this stuff back into my vest. Maybe you're going to put a few more things into your vest and tell me what you're adding. It's all right here, and if you want to talk, you know how to do it. I'm Scott Linden. Until we meet in the field, I'll see you down the road at the range. Thanks for listening.